Spirit. <clears throat> All right, well, the world seems to be telling us they have a vaccine, uh, 90%, whatever. I don't know what you're going to do with that, if you're going to line up in line to get that or not. That's up to you. Um, but I'm telling you that I have a vaccine for victory today. And I'll tell you what, I can beat them. It's 100% effective. It absolutely is. Um, the, va- the vaccine that's coming out, you know, everyone's a little leery about it because they've rushed it through. Could have been they could have always have done that, just never have. I don't know. Could be they cut corners and who knows what they're putting in you. Who, who knows any of that stuff? Because it hasn't been tried. Well, has this been tried? It's been tried for thousands and thousands. Many have put this in them, and none of them has had any kind of bad effects at all. So look, I'm telling you, I don't know how to say it other than just say it simply like this. The time that we're entering in, the norm of American Christianity is over. Uh, Jason preached a good message a while back about being concerned we'll go back to normal. I don't believe, we're probably not going to be able to. Even though we want to, we're probably not going to be able to. And if we don't go back to what we're normally used to, you better not be what you normally were. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? You've got to turn the heat up in this. In this. You can't just carry it. can't just bring it. can't just sit here once and maybe get 45 minutes of it and be all right. You're going to have to make this more than your necessary food, the Word of God says. More than necessary food. The absolute thing, the only thing that is... Most important to your children is this, is this, not what they're going to be, do, how many home runs they're going to hit. It's this. It is This is the only thing that gives them 100% victory over the world. The world's crazy. It's crazy and you ought to be, I don't think I have to convince you. So 100% effective, but if that's true, if it is 100% effective, then why are so many Christians being overcome? All, all through my pastorate, all through my life, Christians have been overcome by sin quite, quite easily, very easily. Actually, it's, it, it just seems that so many are suffering uh, defeat at the hands of the enemy, kind of any time the enemy wants. I, I don't understand this. Why is there so much devastation in homes of professing Christians? I can see the world. The world don't have a clue. The world's being uh, pulled around by every lust, everything that goes their way. But when you come to Christ, things are supposed to be different. Absolutely different. Not every day is not going to be a Mr. Rogers day singing to the neighborhood or whatever you do. But there are victory through the word of God. So let me just start out by reading. We're going to read in Matthew 13, 1. This is the, the account of the sower. Okay, and... That would be me this morning. I am going to be the sower. So it says, On the same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. A great multitude were gathered together to him, so that he got into a boat, sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. That's what I'm doing. Behold, I've got up this morning and I went out to sow. Now, in biblical times, Jesus is talking about here, the farmer, not today with these tractors that uh, dig a ground, throw a seed in it all at once and water it as they drive on. This, they would sow the seed before the land was even tilled. Then they would go and till the land. 
So I'm doing my job sowing it. You have to do your job tilling it. Or you can sit there like, eh, in the sea just, but it's up to you. That's what the Lord did. He spoke according to the biblical customs. He would scatter the seed and then they would have to plow it. If it was vital and important and necessary, they'd be out there making sure. Mm, I don't know about us Americans how we've been through years. So I'm telling you I'm doing my part. You've got to do your part. Verse 4 says this. As he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside. Birds came and devoured them up. Someone who's sitting out there and this is not really that important to you. You're here because your wife rolled eyes at you this morning. Or you know it would be nicer if you came. You're not into it. You're just not. It says, and some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, much farmable land, land not prepared properly, like a lot of us, and, they, and then immediately sprang up because there's no depth of the earth. Verse 6 says, but when the sun was up, the hot trials of like 2020, when the sun, there hasn't been a peaceful moment since February or March, right? It's been insane since. And then we're thinking, well, after the election, oh, dear Lord. So the sun's still. And on those who really didn't get into it, really didn't dig into the word of God, it says they couldn't handle the heat. And they withered and dropped over. That's what's happening now. And I also believe it's of God. Judgment starts in the house of God. To me, we all look like Christians. God says, we'll see. We're going to turn up the heat. And that's exactly what's happening. So verse 6 says, but when the sun was up, 2020, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Root is like an anchor, an anchor that holds you no matter what you've got to go through. Personally, corporately, no matter what you've got to go through. And I accidentally stumbled over this picture that Mike's going to put up about this tree that has weathered unbelievable storms by the seaside. That tree is still alive. It's massive. And it has gone through so many storms, I don't know how, but that's three, four, five feet of ground soil around it are gone, and it's still upright, still erect on the roots that it had paid the price to digging deep down in the ground. And there it is. Shouldn't be standing, but standing. Keep that picture in your mind, because that's supposed to be you. Then it goes on and says, and some fell among thorns, and thorns sprang up and choked them. Thorns are the various things of the world. Spend more time in football, basketball, baseball, hockey, collecting pop bottles, beer bottle. I don't know what you do. Everything that we do is a waste of time. Thor and they just choke the Word of God out because you do not put the time in the Word of God to be able to have roots like we've seen there. And it gets choked, the Word. And then it says, others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, sixty, and some thirty. Remember, it says, he who has ears, let him hear. You do the tilling of the ground, not me. You do it. So as I sow it right now, it could be going, I, don't, I have no clue. You're the ground. 
So the seed is being sown. You have to do something with this message that I'm about to give you. So 1 John 4, 5 tells us this. Here's the vaccine. No matter what's thrown your way. It says, for whatever is born of God or whosoever. Not a church goer, not someone that proclaims to be a Christian. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. You overcome the world and the lust thereof and the temptations thereof and the filthy habits thereof. You overcome the world, Christian. Even when the world like now seems to be spinning out of control and getting crazy. It says, and this is the victory that has overcome the world. Even our faith. See, we messed that word up so bad. People say, well, what's your faith? I'm Presbyterian, I'm Baptist. Nothing to do with that. Even our faith, that means that you are absolutely convinced who Jesus said he is. And a team of wild horses can't get you to change your mind. I'm convinced, I've been convicted deep inside that this is true. God says that overcomes the world. And all the various problems, and we have them. I'm not talking about you live this gay little wonderful life. No, you have them. They come in the form of finances, crazy kids, mental depressions, all sorts of things. But God says you can overcome all that stuff through the word of Almighty God. And then what a testimony, what example would we be to the fallen world if we could just be what God has called us to be? And so it goes on, verse 5 says, Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. He who has that conviction and is committed to serving Almighty God. That's who it is. That's the person. That's the difference. That's who Christ is going to say, enter in on the right. See, we think we're all going in, but God has a very fine group of people narrow and if you walk that you have the guarantee that God's with you absolutely you do and you can do it or he wouldn't say it Peter tells us this your adversary you do have an adversary besides yourself it says the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour seeking whom he may devour Meaning, if you are in the Word of God and you're being fed by the Word of God and you're being filled with the Spirit of God and he comes around, he's going to go, uh, not now, not this one. We can't do much with this guy. Right. Seeking whom he may devour. So we can enjoy protection from the devil through faith. Yeah. Through your absolute faith in the Word of God. 1 Peter 5.9 tells us this. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Not just throwing his name around in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Remember who was the, the clowns that did that and the devil went, Pfft. we know Paul, we know them. Who the heck are you in the name of Jesus? You don't scare us. Because he did not have a walk with them. Did not have the walk with the Lord. And so... Peter tells us, resist him steadfast in this faith, knowing the same affliction are accomplished in your brethren that are all in the world. 
what they have been going through for 20, 50, 100 years is making its way here now to the Christian. It is. Another translation of 1 Peter 5, 9 says this. Take a firm stand against him. Be strong in your faith. Remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering for Christ that you are. So God tells us to remember that. Now when the enemy can't just devastate you on a direct onslaught, he tries to pull you down and defeat you through all the various temptations that are around us. And man, we do have them in this country. Oh my gosh. Listen to what the Bible says about the world. The world that you live in, you know what? We are more worldly-minded than we'd like to admit. I don't think Ruth and I are worldly-minded. But when you start thinking about it, the world's got some deep roots in us. The way we just think of things, the way we're persuaded by things. That's what it says. 1 John 5.19 says, the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. I mean, that's pretty heavy stuff. The whole world, the whole world lies. That word lie means is held in subjection by the evil one, by the devil. The entire world that you're trying to function in, live in, it all lies in the subjection of the devil. All of the unsaved, whether they're nice to you or not, as well as all the cultural systems that you and I function in. The news media, Hollywood, music, Wall Street, all that stuff has its roots in being held together, lies and filth of the enemy. Nevertheless, we have the promise of daily victory over the world through faith. You understand, this is an absolute necessity. Why on earth would you have children raise them up and kind of give them a foundation and send them out? I mean, I would always think, and I would always tell mine, especially my youngest, I said, John, I'm going to put you in a ship, in a boat, and just push you out, and you've got to go for it. I've done all I can. I mean, you've got to pour in the things of God. Are you going to go like this? And they're going to go... Look, the only people who can ever walk in victory over the world are the born-again believers in Christ. Are the born-again believers. Millions upon millions have addictions. That's what the enemy's using to kill and slay the people that God wants him to serve him. Millions and millions. But once God comes inside of you, faith arises and you believe God can do this through you. It's a game changer, an absolute game changer. So how can us Christians be faltering and falling to this? Because we don't have the, we don't have the root system. We don't have it. 1 John 5, 4 simply says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Not religion. Religion can't overcome the world. Oh my goodness, no. Whatever is born of God. Born of God. Not signing a membership. Born from above, the word of God says. That will overcome the world. 
Also, 1 Peter tells us this, being born again, not of corruptible seed, not of tradition or what grandma said or some denomination, but of incorruptible, by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. The psalmist said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I hid the word like it's a treasure. It's not left open in the garage. Thy word have I hid in my heart. It is so valuable. I can't exist without it. So the psalmist said, I hid it in my heart that I might not sin against you, God. That's pretty powerful. Just think how awesome we would be if we all did that. 1 John 2.16, when things come up in your life, and they do come up, and a lot of times if you've spent the time in the Word of God, Scripture will come to you. When a situation or a dilemma, or, or sometimes you just got to wait on God some more, but He uses the Word. Or if you just go to your daily reading and you go, geez, I was just thinking about that. I was just asking God about that. 1 John 2.16 says this, now listen. For all that is in the world, this is what God's telling us. Here's everything. I'm going to tell you the capsule of everything that's in this world. All of it is the lust of flesh, the lust of eyes, and the pride of life. And he goes on and says, by the way, this is not of the Father. I had nothing to do with this. This is all of the world. Now that word flesh means it's, it's the human nature. The lust of the flesh, it's human nature, the earthly nature of man apart from divine influence. From divine, apart from being moved upon by God. It's uncontrolled human nature of man. And absolutely opposes God. That's the lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes, we all probably all kind of know that. I mean, it was what made Eve sin. I mean, she, she had the Lord in the garden. Everything was pristine. Everything was beautiful. She went and looked at the temptation that the enemy said, and would she say, man, this is pleasant to the eyes. I wonder how many great men of God could there be if they didn't fall because of things were pleasant to their eyes. Yeah. No, absolutely. So that's all that's in the world. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Here's a spooky one. It says, that which trusts in its own power and resources. You trust in your own ability, your own uh, looks, your own uh, way to make money, your own whatever. That which trusts in its own power and resources, which trusts in the stability of earthly things. How's the market? Man, I am making some money today. Flesh. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. I got this. So through the world around us, the spiritual enemy always wants to draw us into ungodly areas of our flesh. Totally ungodly areas. The flesh craves, the eyes covet, and the pride wants to eat it up. And to be something, or be uh, the one with the parking lot. Space, just for you. Sheep of the week. Remember that? So our path for victory is traveled by faith, by faith. Look, everything the enemy does is sensory. It's like the 
the failure. Oh, I'm scared. Oh, it's dark. Oh, it's cold. It's windy. And God simply says what? Walk by faith, not by sight. That's how you have victory. You walk by faith, trusting, convinced, absolutely. I don't care who's screaming in your ears. I don't care what's going on around you. I don't care how many turn back and leave that. You walk by faith, and you will overcome the world. You will overcome 2020, 2021, whichever is worse, whatever. I don't know. I mean, I actually wish we could reboot it. So this is the victory that overcomes the world. It's your faith. It's your being absolutely convinced in this word of God. Amen. Absolutely convinced. And why is it always seems to be the, one of the biggest things that they're after is church. Wanting you not to go to church. I mean, can you put the dots together? Don't sing. Don't gather. Don't worship. They're not going to want you to come to church. The world's not as dumb as it looks sometimes. We initially enter in this victory that we have when you place Christ in your heart by faith. Do you remember it? Go back to when you did that. This, that's what I'm talking about. Somewhere, some of you were drunk, some of you were people of the world, so bad, so filthy-minded, so rough, so hatred, and all of a sudden someone testify about the glory of God, and you place faith in that, and bam, you become a child of God. That's what we're talking about. And then you continue to cultivate that. Your faith should be growing. It grows. So we continue to experience all of many results of our victory through the day-by-day dependence upon the Word of God. My daily bread. And this is what's going to become more and more obvious in order to get by is this daily bread. Because they probably got some wild things set up for us once the power switch. The Lord taught these truths. He was here, when he was here upon the earth, he taught them to you and I. John 16, says, in the world, you're going to have all kind of tribulation. I mean, has 2020 been a year of tribulation? Never that we've ever seen before, at least in most of our lifetimes. I'm sure if you were alive back in the 30s, heading into World War II, that'd be pretty frightening. But this is kind of crazy. So the Lord says, you will have tribulations. He says, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And you look at that. I was looking at that this morning over in the office. And I'm going, be of good cheer. What, what does that actually mean? Oh, this is wonderful. Be of good cheer. So I looked it up, and it means to be courageous. Stand up. Take heart in the things of God. Not in the world or the next administration or the old one or whoever down the road. Be courage. Be full of courage in the word of God. Is what this is telling us. It's absolutely certain that the world is going to bring us all kind of troubles. It just is. So your hope has to just simply be in the word of God. 
It just has to be. Fearful because us as Americans and what I've seen over the 40-some years that I've been saved, man, it's just, people don't hang in there with God. We just don't. And when the heat of trial comes, whatever it is, if you want to call it 2020 or whatever else is going on in people's lives, a lot of times they just wither. And that's because of the root system. The roots, when you're supposed to be digging deep down in the Word of God. We don't. You remember the message I did with um, all kind of farm equipment here? Do you remember that? It had uh, picks and shovels and spud bars and everything that <laughs> heavy work. And over there, what did I have about in front of Bruce and Marsha? I think I put it. What was over there? A whole plate of donuts. And I asked her, which one would you want? And everybody's like, Greenfield. <laughs> and this is the digging into the Word of God. Flesh doesn't want to do that. Give me a donut. And that's what American gospel has been. It's been jelly-filled donuts all this time. And now the storm and the darkness that's, and the gloominess that's coming to our nation. No thanksgiving. What? You're going to obey that? Nope. 1 John 4, 4 says this, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. This is scripture. This is truth. This is the word. This is what you live on. Greater. I don't care what you feel like. Feelings lie. They absolutely lie. A child of God need not fear the spirit of the Antichrist because we are filled with the spirit of Almighty God. God has come in you. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. And who can, come on, if you were going out an absolute fight, you knew you were going to have a fight. And you look down the road, there's God the Father coming with you, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Would you be scared? I'd be going, come on, come on. Come on, all of you, I don't care. Because you, uh, you just believe what you see. Right? What did the Lord say? More blessed are those that believe in. Don't see. Don't see. They are with you. God set it up that you are to walk by faith, not by sight. So as you face 2020, go for it. Go like, come on, 2020, we're going to get it on one way or another. And you have God the Father and you have the Trinity and the power of the Word of God with you. If you don't panic like I did as a young kid in the woods and run. Galatians 2.20 says this, I am crucified with Christ. That's supposed to be you. Nevertheless, I live, don't you? You're supposed to have been crucified with Christ. We hardly anybody ever preaches about the cross anymore. You're supposed to be crucified. You're supposed to die with Christ. Yet, you live. Then Paul goes on and says, Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. That which died on the cross is that old filthy nature of you. Yeah. 
So yet you live, but not I. It's now Christ in me that lives. <clears throat> and then he goes, but I live in the flesh. I live by faith, convinced that the Son of God who loved me and he gave himself for me. That's what it's going to take. That's what's called a Christian, Amen. a true Christian, not what you see on TV. You understand, when pastors see the times that we're in, they go to the wall and God tells them to warn the people. And if you warn them, then the blood's on their hands. If you don't warn them and just make some patty cake game, everything will be cool. You're cool. I'm cool. We're all cool. God says, then the blood's on your hands. And it would be nice, but we're not in that time. I've had to adjust myself. I always told you over and over, I thought this would be in my children's time. Not my time. I'm too old for this. This can't be happening. Well, it's happening. So I either stick my head in the sand, like most American Christians, or I better change my theology and say, Woo, okay, God, I better turn up the thermostat in me. And you have to. Or you will be consumed with the wickedness of the world. You just will. The overcoming, the fear, the dread of all the nonsense. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, But thanks be to God which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus. Do you understand what a glowing testimony you're going to be to this lost, dark world? To all those who have seemed to be just nonchalant about the things of God around you, all the times you've worked there, it's darker and darker and you're going to be brighter and brighter to them. I'm telling you, it could be a great harvest. Just a great harvest if new hope gets what's going on. That word victory means to utterly vanquish, conquer, and crush. It's not like, whew, we just won that one in the last of the ninth. No, it's not even going to be close to those who walk in the power of God. I don't know if Americans believe this. Hebrews tell us faith is the substance of things hoped for, the, the evidence of things not seen. That's what faith is. The substance, the assurance, the convictions of things hoped for. But the evidence, I don't see it yet. doesn't matter. I believe it. I believe it by faith in the Word of God. 1 John 5, 4 again says, For whosoever, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. It's your faith that you are convinced in what I'm saying is true. Remember, you've got to be plowing. Or you could be, I heard this before. Oh, I know it. It's up to you. Psalms 44, 5 says this. Through thee we will push down our enemies. Through thy name will we tread them under that rise up against us. You understand that? Through thy name, Lord. Whatever you built up that relationship with God and you're crying out for your children, you're going to have the ear of God. 
Father, I come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and I pray for my wayward son. You're treading down everything. Evidence of things not seen. So what? You're told that's going to happen. You're told that's the way you're supposed to live. Though through thee we will push down our enemies, through thy name we will tread them under that rise up against us. For I will not trust in my bow, neither shall my sword save me. Remember, it's not you. American Christians think this is about them. It's not about you. Verse 7 says, But thou hast saved us from our enemies, hast put them to shame that hated us. In God we boast all day long. It's not about you. Not about the preaching. Not about the band, the church. It's about Christ Almighty. It's about Him. Lift and exalt Him in your life. In God we boast all day long. Praise thy name forever. Luke 11, uh, 10, 19 says this. Listen to this. Behold, I give you power. Now, is that a lie from God? The Bible tells us that God can't lie. He can't lie. And so he's saying to you right now, I don't care where you're at in life. He says, behold, I give you power. To tread on serpents, serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. Amen. Nothing. God says, I'm giving you that power. Amen. Now cultivate it. Yeah. Get it in the ground. So that it grows and has deep roots. We like microwave Christianity. No such thing. I mean, God can do instant miracles, but when it comes to making a man and woman of God, he just seems to take his time through the flood, through the fire. But you, you've got to cultivate that. Your family has got to be that tree because those tsunamis are coming, or been coming, and they keep eroding underneath. Didn't bother that tree. That should be you. God says, I'll give you power to do that. That's what the word says. Behold, I give unto you power to tread serpents, scorpions, all the demons, all the evil, all the wicked things of the world. You have that. And I've told you before, remember at night sometimes you wake up and you get fearful or something or something spooks you. You have a bad dream. You need to get up and go looking for that thing. Instead of pulling the covers up, instead of shoving Ruth out. <laughs> yeah, you should. You should go out and go, where are you? What are you doing in my house? Yep. I've given you all power. Yeah. When you do this, you're going, I've got all power in Jesus' name. This is a spiritual gun. You have that. Yep. If you do, what the Word of God says, God says, I've given you all power. You can tread on it. Temptations that try to pull you back. Pornography that tries to kill about every relationship there is. All the various addictions. And God says, blow it away. It's not even a competition. It's not a competition. Well, I tell you what, baseball, if you hit three out of ten times 
the whole time you're in the league, you're in the Hall of Fame. You make seven outs out of ten, you're considered one of the best. Not in God. Romans says this, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? You have to read how this is. It's like, it's like a question to you and I. And then he names them. Shall tribulation? You might be going, oh, yes, man, 2020 is really bad. I'm barely hanging on. Well, then you don't got what these guys got. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, peril, or sword? Please. That's what you should be saying. Is that the best you can do? Romans 8.37 says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. More than conquerors. When troubles, and they'll come your way, they just are. Troubles are part of life. But if you are totally equipped and ready, you can handle anything thrown your way. No matter what it is. Okay, and here it is. This is not 3 for 10. It says 2, Chronicles, 2 Corinthians 2.14. Now thanks be unto God which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Always. Not 3 out of 10. Always. Even if you're at bat and you're like, Oh, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. You're going to get a hit. Always always causes us to triumph. Always. What does that word mean? Always. Thanks be unto God which always causes us to triumph. So what's going on? It's the root system. The seed being sown, you got to prepare the ground. Well, I'm too busy. Johnny got to go here. Sally got to go there. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to run. I got to walk. I gotta... Well, okay. There are no defeats in this war in Christ. Amen. There are no defeats. Which always causes us to triumph in Christ. All the sweet saints that have gone on that worshiped and loved God here with us have been great assets to me. Not one of them wanted to come back. Who would want to come back to this? Always causes us. That word causes us means to make happen. God will make it happen. Now the problem is you got your Americanized fairy tale ending. You let God be, do the ending. Remember when the ship... Paul said, it's going to go under, but not one soul will die. Remember that? I mean, the ship went under. Your American fairy tale, God would carry the ship out and place it in Hawaii on a beach so you could have good fun time. That ship sunk. And they're swimming and spitting up water. And when they got to the shore and they counted heads, all were there. Just like God said. You might have to spit up salt water. But you'll be there if you don't panic. If you don't panic, you'll make it. 
Deuteronomy 20, verse 1 says, When thou goest out to battle against thy enemies, and seest horses and chariots and a people more than thou, be not afraid. Well, why? Look what it says. Can you read it? Be not afraid, what? For the Lord thy God is with you. Do you believe that or not? He's with you. I don't care whether you feel like he's with you, whether you can sense him. I don't care any of that. It has nothing to do with your walk. The word of God says, by faith, you're convinced God's with me. No matter what goes on. That's what it says. For the Lord thy God is with me, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. One Samuel seventeen forty five says, Then said David to the Philistines, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear, you're going to have Goliaths come at you. And you're going to have all the high tech equipment, and there's you, your puny little Bible. <clears throat> Samson comes with all his might and strength and sword and spear and shield, but David says, But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. God says, I'm coming. Well, I'm coming, and I'm coming behind David's words. That's what it says. God also says what? I don't change. I don't have respect. I don't love David more than you. Man, we got to get this. This day will the Lord deliver thee unto my hand, and I will smite thee and take thy head from thee, and I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day. He's saying this to Goliath while he's standing there and all his girth and his mass and his muscles, and he ain't dead yet. That's so much faith David had in his Lord and God. He had a closeness with God. His sword was sharpened nicely that it would cut paper. That's how close of a relationship he had with God. I don't know what ours will cut sometimes. Man, that's some powerful stuff that he's saying. And it's kind of cool. Wouldn't you love to say that? Because then you could end it with, and all his assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's. Would it be awesome if you stood through all that and you are dripping wet from all the tsunamis and everything, and you're still standing, God's victorious, and people around you could say, See, I told you God was awesome.